According to recent studies, bed rest isn't a proven remedy for preventing pregnancy complications or preterm birth, and it's being recommended less frequently. However, bed rest is sometimes prescribed as a safeguard for twin pregnancies. If you have been prescribed bed rest, do you know how to keep your sanity and stay organized in the time ahead? Our expert panelists are here to share their secrets. This is Twin Talks, episode 26. The ultrasound shows your babies to be healthy. What? Did you say babies? You're huge. Are you having twins? Are they natural? Which one do you like better? Twins, huh? My neighbor's cousin's brother's uncle's a twin. So can they read each other's minds? How do you tell them apart? Twins? You got a two for one. Do twins run in your family? Double trouble. You're not having any more, are you? At least you're not Octomom. If you're pregnant with twins or you're an experienced twin parent, odds are you've heard it all before. Now it's time to hear from the experts. This is Twin Talks, Parenting Times 2. Welcome to Twin Talks, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Twin Talks is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for expecting a new parents of twins. I'm your host, Christine Stewart-Fitzgerald. Have you heard about the Twin Talks Club? Our members get bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts. Subscribe to our monthly Twin Talks newsletter and learn about the latest episodes available. And another way for you to stay connected is by downloading the free Twin Talks app. It's available in the Android and iTunes Marketplace. So before we get started, uh, we've got our panelists here in the studio. Let's do some introductions. I'm Michelle. I'm 34 years old, and I'm a part-time teacher and a full-time mommy of boy-girl twins, Sunny and Matthew, who just turned two a few weeks ago. I'm Brenda. I'm 49. I'm an accountant. I work full-time, and I have three boys. My oldest is 13, and my twins, uh, identical twins, are 11. Hi, I'm Carolina Rangel, and I am 39 years old, and I have uh, two girls, uh, girl-girl identical twins, and I'm a stay-at-home mom. All right. And Shelly. Hi, I'm Shelly Steely. I'm 30. I'm a high school history teacher, and I'm also the producer here at Twin Talks. I have two children, identical boys, who will be two in July, and I am currently pregnant with a single 10 due in August. Before we get started, I just wanted to give you guys some information about ways to stay connected with Twin Talks, especially if you're at home. We have a Facebook page. You can like and follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. And then to become part of the conversation from the comfort of your home, you can use hashtag Twin Talks VP to be a virtual panelist and participate in our discussions. All right. And I'm your host, Christine Stewart-Fitzgerald. And I've got identical twin girls who are four and a half. And I also got a singleton girl uh, who is 18 months old and finally sleeping through the night. So I'm just happy. <laughs> Melissa from Chicago, she tells us, I hate taking those chalky calcium tablets with my prenatal vitamins. Ugh. Do you have any other suggestions for getting enough calcium? Hello, I'm Lindsay Senebeck, a registered dietitian nutritionist in San Diego, California, and owner of NutritionInstinct.com. Folic acid is incredibly important during pregnancy due to its role in DNA synthesis and cell division. Before I answer your question, I think it's worth mentioning that a woman actually needs to consume adequate folate prior to conception so that enough folate is available during the first five weeks or so of pregnancy when the baby's nervous system is developing and the cells are replicating rapidly. Luckily, in the United States, grains like pasta and bread are fortified uh, with folate, so this is helpful in meeting your needs both prior and throughout pregnancy. And then to continue meeting your needs during pregnancy, you can get folate from a variety of sources. Lentils are actually one of the best natural sources. One cup provides over 300 micrograms 
which meets over half of the required 600 micrograms per day um, that you'll need during your pregnancy. Other great natural sources of folate include lentils, sunflower seeds, peanuts, asparagus, spinach, corn, kiwi, and orange juice. I also recommend taking a prenatal vitamin throughout your pregnancy just as a backup. Thanks. Today's topic is surviving bed rest um, during a twin pregnancy. Today we're talking with our expert panelists who have survived bed rest and are here to help us strategize for any future bed rest prescription. So thanks for joining us. When did your doctor prescribe bed rest and um, what was the reason behind that? I started having uh, going into preterm labor at about 14, 15 weeks or so, 16. Um, and so my doctor immediately said, you know, this is a very strong likelihood that you're going to go on bed rest very soon. By 18 weeks, I was already done and was um, going into labor at work. Oh my <laughs> I'd gosh. Have to go, I'd have to get, you know, print something on the printer, get up to print it and have to stand there for 15 minutes and wait <gasps> until they would stop. So you're and having contractions. I was having contractions at like 16 weeks. And oh by 18 gosh. weeks, it was like, if you want to have these kids, then you need to stop doing everything. And wow. you need to go to bed and stay there until you deliver. So went on bed rest at 18 and delivered at 32. So I was on 16 weeks of bed rest. 16 weeks of bed rest. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Did I do the math right? <laughs> 14 weeks. Wow. 14 weeks of bed rest. Yeah. I had kind of a similar situation, but not quite so soon. Um, we had already had a couple previous pregnancy losses, so we were on high alert to going into the whole twin pregnancy. And then around 23, 24 weeks, the contraction started. By 25, my doctor said, you're done, you're, you're on bed rest, and go home and relax, <laughs> I guess if that's what you call it. And um, I delivered at 35 weeks, so they made it 10 more weeks after that. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was very lucky. Um, actually, they thought that everything was going fine. And then all of a sudden at 32 weeks or 31 weeks, um, they were looking at the ultrasound and stress tests and they were thinking that they weren't growing as, as much as they should be growing within uh, the two-week time period. And so they had me actually admitted to the hospital bed rest and on um for a week and then another week after that and then two weeks after that. So you were past the critical point. Right. But this is just more about like, hey, let's just see if we can keep them in a little right. bit longer. Right, just a little bit longer and enough time to give them the steroid shots and um, to make sure that we're doing everything we can till mm -hmm. they come out. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you did the hospital bed rest. Right. And then I think now Brenda, Michelle, was you? Did mine you was home up home. until a few days before I delivered. And and one other thing with mine, I had already had a child and um, never had any complications with him other than gestational diabetes. But as far as preterm labor and all that, no issues whatsoever to the point where they had to induce me because my due date came and went. And they wow. said, you know, nothing's happening here, so we need to make... And it was so foreign to me the second time around that I didn't even know they were contractions because I never really went through all of that. And I would tell my doctor, it's like, yeah, it's like really firm when I touch in here and it gets kind of like really tight. And she said, um, that's contractions. You need to, <laughs> we need to deal with this because that's not supposed to be happening this early, so... Wow. Yeah, and I was I was at home as well. You were at well. home as well? I did get threatened to have to go to the hospital a couple of times <laughs> <laughs> when I went into triage, and they were 
telling me, you know, we've got to get this together, got to get these contractions slowed down, or we're going to check you in. Oh, my gosh. Caroline, did you have an option when you went to the hospital? I didn't have an option. She said, doctor said, okay, um, you need to go home, pack your bags, and come back and see me in a couple hours. (laughs) (laughs) And that was it. That Um, was it. But uh, they didn't have any room, so we were in the um, delivery area. For the, that whole time period. Oh, wow. <laughs> now, that must have been really strange that you're yeah. surrounded by women having their babies. Oh, it was terrible. And so you're hearing everything that's going on. Yep, and all the moaning, all the... <sighs> And, and you had to, I mean, I, they had like the stress tests or they were actually monitoring both babies at all times. Yeah, so you could not actually move. You were hooked yeah. up. You were hooked. I was oh. hooked up and your legs were hooked up and with compression, you know, your leg compression. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know yeah, what they're called. Yeah, to prevent blood clots. Oh, exactly. right, right. The thing, it, it to kinda, make sure. It, it squeezes. It, it squeezes. And it, yeah. Let's go. Yeah. So you were, so you were, phys- you were in the bed. Completely, the whole entire time laying right. horizontal. Right. Oh, uh, for weeks? Oh, my gosh. Uh, two, a week, and then they let me go, and then they said another two weeks. So for so yeah. three but three weeks yeah, of no, two, yeah. yeah, complete inactivity. Yeah. Now, how about, okay, for so Brenda, Brenda and Michelle, what was the level of restriction for your home bed rest? I mean, Mine was full restriction. Full I only restriction. got up okay. to, if I took a shower, I couldn't dry my hair because that was too much activity. <laughs> and I knew that. It was, it was that was... Um, it was self-imposed, but it was also doctor-imposed. But I knew. I just mm-hmm. listened to my body and, you know, by, again, take a shower, get out, and it's like, okay, now i got to spend another 10 minutes of doing my breathing exercises to get them to stop contracting because I've been standing on my feet for five minutes. So, and uh, other than that, it was in bed all day. And I had two non-stress tests a week and one ultrasound a week, I think, or I might have that backwards. But I had lots of appointments every week. So I had someone take me to that. So you couldn't uh, drive? Oh, God, no. Oh, no, not, oh, wow. not at all. No. It was very strange driving again after um, after recovering after they were born. Uh, so I hadn't driven for probably a good four or five months at that point. And that was so freeing to get in the car <laughs> by myself the very first time and go somewhere by myself to do what I wanted to do. It was wonderful. Wow. But uh, yeah, no, it was it was very strict bed rest. I had a mini fridge in my room. Um, my meals were brought to me. Uh, we have st- we have a two story home, so going up and downstairs that was absolutely out of the question unless I was going to an appointment. I couldn't just go downstairs and get something from the kitchen. So, so was, you had to be horizontal strict. as well. Yes, and medicated. And medicated. Yes. Wow. Yeah. And my, Michelle, how much? Mine was more of a modified bed rest, but. I I was under doctor's orders to be in bed unless I was taking a shower. She allowed me to drive myself to my own appointments, although towards the end that became more difficult since I'm only 5'1". I really couldn't reach the pedals with my belly being full Uh of twins. But yeah, it was more modified. We've got all three levels in here, it sounds like. I will agree with Brenda, though, on the self-imposed restrictions. I could tell. If I took a shower, I mean, that was it for the rest of the day, probably, you know, and even as far as cooking and stuff goes, I wanted to be able to still try and cook myself meals, but I couldn't stand on my feet long enough to chop vegetables and even sitting, I I think I eventually bought a shower chair to put in there because I couldn't even stand. I did as well. Yeah, I did as well. That's true. I mean, if you're in the shower, even for 10 minutes I mean you know standing there and just you know the the whole all weight. of that weight on your cervix mm-hmm. that was that could have been devastating that was a very dangerous position to be in wow 
That's and uh, you know, I was thinking on uh, taking a bath. I mean, that probably and you still it's like, getting in and out you, of the well, tub. Good luck hard. getting up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no baths weren't happening. No, that was no. not happening. When you heard that you're going to go on bed rest, and I'm thinking also for Caroline, if the, you know, uh, what was your biggest concern about? You know, oh my gosh, you're going to be in the if hospital. If I was ready at home, <laughs> that was my biggest concern. Um, what I was going to do, I wasn't fully ready to have it happen yet. Because I had no indications that anything was going to happen early mm-hmm. in my pregnancy. Nothing. So you, did you have so prep I, set up? I, did no, you have I, Yeah. So I didn't have half of that stuff set up yet. I had friends help and fam- family actually come by and help and put it all up together. I mean, I had half uh, of it done. Cool. Yeah. But... I was really worried about the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> so it was more about, it wasn't so much about your health. I mean, you felt like, you know, you're in good hands, but just like, oh my gosh. I, I was sure I was in good hands. <laughs> I was sure I was in good hands. The only thing that scared me was being in on bed rest and listening to all these women give birth. <gasps> I don't think I could. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I could handle that. I probably yeah, have to get earplugs. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't medicated. So I was fine. So you're so lucid listening to all these women. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, that's going to be me. Wow. <laughs> it's like watching a baby I story know. live. <laughs> live. <laughs> <laughs> because my twins are so much older, that's all I had to do was watch oh, a baby no. story. Oh, yes. <laughs> I didn't have a laptop. I had my desktop computer. But, again, so many online resources weren't available back then. They were born in 2002. Uh-huh. So... Again, I watched, you know, I went from a dating story to a wedding story to a baby story. So I saw the whole thing. <laughs> went cycle, through the whole gamut. All day long. And that's really all I got to do. So, yeah. And a bed rest must be a little bit easier for us now with Netflix. Hulu, uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's always so something much to watch, better, right? You know, my yeah. iPad was yeah, a lot like more my yeah. best friend. Kindle yeah. was attached to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because they also tell you bed rest means, ver- means horizontal. You're not supposed to be sitting up in bed either because you're really defeating the purpose of bed rest. Mm-hmm. Because, again, then you've got all that weight and pressure on your cervix and so and to do be horizontal and you know try to do really anything else is mm-hmm. just not it's not conducive to any other activity even even reading is difficult wow. from that position mm-hmm. so. so now i take it that um you guys you know didn't do any form of work so when your doctor ordered you to do bed rest i mean your work stopped did you go on disability or how did that work Mine was mandatory yeah. because, and, and even work, they had, um, I was on disability, so I was not allowed to work because of the liability. And they even had, uh, it was summertime, and they had an annual picnic. And I was told very sensitively by my boss at the time that we know you love to attend this, you're very social at work and all of that, but we can't let you come to this. Even though we know you're in a wheelchair and you'll probably be perfectly fine, but um, our liability, because this is a work-mandated event, you can't attend it if you're on disability because the liability is just too high. So I I wasn't even supposed to be answering email. For really? No. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I I kind of freaked out about leaving work. I wasn't expecting it to happen quite so soon. And with me being a teacher, I had found a substitute that I was planning on using, but I hadn't done all the preparation for her to come in. Everyone kept telling me, you shouldn't be so worried about it. She's a retired teacher. She's got it under control. But, you know, it's just one of those things that it's hard to release control. Oh, um, yeah. But similar situation with my boss. She was... Like, this isn't your choice. (laughs) You need to go home and take care of yourself. We can't even have you here. I was able to go in once because my students had planned a shower for me. And so I was able to go in and attend that with with the help of a bunch of 
people. Oh, yes. that's that's nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's great though. It sounds like I mean, your employers were very supportive of that. I mean, you know, sometimes you hear stories about employers that are just they just don't get it. They don't understand the medical necessity, and it's like really bed rest. Are you going to take a vacation? My <laughs> my boss was very very um, kind about it, definitely. But um, I I had to use all my sick time. Oh. So that that part was kind of tough because I had had over 10 weeks of sick time saved up from working from the district for so long and being on bed rest, I ate up every single hour of that. So And I was fortunate because I didn't have to use sick time because our my company offered a disability insurance program where it was covered by that. And I didn't use my sick time until after I delivered and I used that for my regular maternity leave. So that was I was fortunate. But if you've if you've got the opportunity and you are fortunate to have any sort of coverage it's a decision everyone has to make, but you really have to think of what is the benefit, what are you going to care about in the long term, that I got those reports done or whichever, or did I do the best I could to have a healthy pregnancy for my twins? Mm-hmm. You really have to make some good decisions. I think it's a good reminder to look into your policies when you find out that you're pregnant because, I mean, no one expects to go you know, into bed rest at 18 weeks or 25 weeks or even 32 weeks, just to be aware of what time you have available, how you can use it, what your disability insurance is um, to kind of make a a contingency plan, I think. I think I looked at all of those plans when, you know, I I, I had to make sure that I was covered in all because I was working at that time. And I also was uh, needing to know that I was going to have enough time with the girls. And that's when I actually decided to stay home because I didn't think I was going to have enough time because of the short amount of disability you get uh, from the state, you know, mm-hmm. so that's that made my decision. And with mine, again, looking at all of the different policies and all the different coverage that you have, my medical was not an issue at all. My actual pay wasn't an issue because I had lots of coverage for that. The one thing that I lost for one week because I I was on bed rest for so long, it went from short-term disability to long-term disability. I lost my dental coverage. Oh, my gosh. And so for one week, I had no dental coverage. And then I, I finally, they had to deliver um, about a week after that point because things just started to go south. But, uh, and horrible timing my my I had a toddler also and um, he was very excited to come have me read a book one day and so he jumps on my bed and took a flying leap toward me and we landed tooth to tooth and (laughs) he chipped the corner of my tooth off and it was the week it was a holiday weekend and I had just lost my dental coverage and so I called my dentist and left them an emergency message and I'd been with them for 20 years and they said don't worry about it come on in tomorrow on your way to your checkup you know roll in in your chair and uh, come (laughs) in and we'll we'll get you fixed up don't worry about the coverage at all we know you and we'll take care of you so so, oh, that's so, great. But, and so, a week later, I had my coverage back, so that was good. It sounds like the uh, providers are very accommodating. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk about how to manage the day-to-day life when you're on bed rest. All right. Well, welcome back. Today, we're talking with our expert panelists about how to keep things running smoothly at home when you're on bed rest. Um, so what did a typical, a daily schedule um, look like for you? And we have kind of these varying states of bed rest. So um, I don't know, maybe Brenda, since you were on bed rest for such a long time. You know, again, I had a very young toddler at the time. And um, in the morning, my husband, he was in charge of the toddler. That was, I, I couldn't, I couldn't get him to preschool. I couldn't feed him. Again, I was for whatever I could do in that bed, reading books and things like that. So it was sort of not supervising, but just sort of being aware of what was going on with them as they got out of the house. And then once they left, 
Uh, again, I had a mini fridge and a microwave in the room. I kept as much um, food for my particular nutritional needs because I had gestational diabetes in the fridge with me. I had my medications. I had lots and lots of water. Uh, so I made sure that whoever was helping me um, during the week had all of those things for me. And then after that, it was a lot of boredom, quite frankly. And again, I think it's so much better today that there are so many more resources for education materials, for entertainment, uh, for um, socialization online mm-hmm. with uh, with other moms. And I, I, I wish I'd had that available to me back then. And I, I think people are really fortunate today. But otherwise, it was just... If I had an appointment that day, I'd grab again the quick shower without drying my hair. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, not a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can imagine. Now, I know, okay, you've, you've described yourself as a type A personality. <laughs> so I'm imagining, did you actually do a little schedule for yourself? Or, you know, I mean. Well, again, I had, my, I had my TV shows. And that was really <laughs> all I had. So I knew it's like, well, it's 1030. It's you know, time to get ready for, a, you know, a dating story or whatever it was that day. Um, or, so you had something you know, to look cares. forward to. I did. I did. And then when it got to be, you know, certain episodes of which ones, like, oh, well, now th- that means in about an hour, the people are, you know, my son's going to start coming up from pre- preschool and the house is going to start to get active again and all of that. So, so there was a little bit to look forward to, but um, it wasn't the most fun experience <laughs> because I was also very sick. Yeah. That's the other thing. It wasn't the like, like the whole we'd refer to, you know, taking a vacation earlier and it's not a vacation. It's mm-hmm. a, you know, you're just dating and your your body's doing a lot of things and depending on your personal condition they can and can't be the most pleasant experience Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and michelle yeah i'm a very schedule oriented person as well but there's really so much you can't plan like brenda's saying you don't feel well so your day might consist of coming in and out of sleep at various times or you know, whatever happens with you. But I would also like to say that it is true with me just having been on bed rest a couple of years ago, all the resources that I had online and everything else was so fantastic. I spent so much time just chatting with my online twin mommy to be friends. And um, that really kept me feeling because I am a very social person that Mm -hmm. kept me feeling in touch. And I also had a couple um, girlfriends that were out of work at the time, unfortunately for them, fortunately for me, (laughs) (laughs) because we would have, you know, weekly dates where they'd come over and just chat or bring lunch, things like that. So that was definitely a lifesaver as well. So having the friends come over in, in person, I mean, I think in person, it does make a difference. I mean, I mean, Facebook is great. What do, what was life like before Facebook? But I mean, it's still not the same as, yeah, having somebody hang out with you for a little bit every day. That was really day. nice, having friends come over, too. Yeah. Did you have yeah, that I yeah, on a regular too. basis? Yeah, that was really nice. And my friends were all working moms. So oh. who also, we all had our kids the first round together and then the second round together. So they all had toddlers. They were working moms. And then they were also pregnant, but they were still working. The, when I was on bed rest with my twins. So I didn't get that social interaction. It was very difficult because, again, I'm also a very social person. So it was really, the isolation was very yeah, I just remember being desperate for my husband to come home at the end of the day. <laughs> like, no, do not get gas. No happy hour. <laughs> just come home. <laughs> straight home. <laughs> wow. How, now, how did you guys manage the, the day-to-day, I mean, like the chores aspect? I mean, you know, your, your husband, did they help out? Or did when your friends were visiting, did they offer to, you know, do a load of laundry for you? How did that work not as much got done (laughs) definitely didn't get as much done but But not as much got messed up right at least in my house you already have a toddler but for me I was just laying in bed so so it's pretty much just just you at home 
And then you, I mean, then I think, and Brenda, you had your, your little, your food, but then you've got the little, you know, little one. And again, I couldn't make meals for him. I couldn't do any cleaning. Uh, When my mom would come for some of the, uh, to take me to all of my appointments, um, she would do a little bit at home, but really it was, um, you know, my husband had to take the brunt of that. So, which is why, again, not as much got done. (laughs) So, and for for me, Matt or my husband would come um, to the hospital after work and camp out the night and then go to work in the morning you know oh so he slept at the hospital oh, on yeah. one of those pull-out beds yeah oh poor baby oh poor guy well i don't know i guess you had the hospital bed not at the, that much more you got the easy com- end of it really <laughs> so there wasn't really a mess at home you know? <laughs> did i mean did laundry get done at all during that period i mean or did, was it just you know here let's take things to the professional laundry dump <laughs> again there wasn't much laundry to do i, didn't I was much. living yeah. in the same pair of sweats for days <laughs> How did you guys stay organized? I mean, you know, so I think Brenda, you you mentioned you had, you know, your your stuff kind of next next to you. I mean, do you have laptops or, you know, computer stuff or, you know, how how did you, you know, keep organized? Uh, I had a laptop, my Kindle, the phone. I mean, we were ready. Books on disc, you know, books on tape or whatever. Um, I was ready snacks because mm-hmm. not all snacks at the hospital are great oh, for gestational yeah. diabetes. Right. I mean, so you had to kind of bring your own snacks or get your own snacks. Um, it was exciting. Um, <laughs> Very. I got to read all to of those twin books I never got to read before yeah. while I was working and busy. So, <laughs> so you got your little library. Yeah, that was it. I found it very similar to nursing the twins once they were born. We had the TV tray set up with the snacks and the water and the iPad. And I mean, that just continued on after they were born. That TV tray got its use for sure. Exactly. And the mini fridge and the microwave, same thing. After the twins were born, once we started bottle feeding, um, it was, they were right there. So they, I still have the mini fridge upstairs. We never took it down. (laughs) So your your bed rest nest became the breastfeeding nest. (laughs) Yeah, I think, I mean, I know when I was, you know, breastfeeding, it's like, you know, having the little nuts and then the, the fruits and the bottled water. And uh, yeah. I mean, definitely because I mean, most I mean, if, if you physically can't move, I mean, I th- you literally it's like if you can't get up and yeah, <laughs> you yeah. need a little bell. I mean, it's, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I had because again, the gestational diabetes, I had a fridge full of glucerna drinks in there because I you have to eat every couple of hours. You can't have that blood sugar fluctuation. So again, having something right next to me that I barely even had to get out of bed to reach was was critical. And then did, yeah. you probably had to measure your blood glucose. So I did. So I had that pen. as well. I had my um, glucose meter mm-hmm. and my test strips and all of that. And again, my medications that I was um, on that were um, trying to make the contractions subside a little bit, not quite so successfully towards the end. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, all that had to be available. Wow. And so we, we talked about kind of the entertainment books and having Facebook and email. Um, I mean, you know, what about, I mean, that's kind of, you know, staying connected with, you know, the friends and family. I mean, was there anything else that kind of keeps you sort of mentally and emotionally active? I mean, if you're being really alone so much. I spent a lot of time 
calculating and decision making for as far as my job when the the twins were to come because we still hadn't made a decision at that point as far as if we would do daycare how much daycare we would do so I had every single scenario worked out as far as if I work one day a week if I work two days a week if we get a nanny if we go to an in-home daycare that type of thing so it was kind of nice to have that preparation it gave me something to keep my mind stimulated and feel useful while Mm -hmm. still in bed Mm mm-hmm and I see it. Brenda's nodding, too. Yeah, no, I just think that's really interesting because at some points, all you have is time to think because there's just, you know, you can, um, again, only have sometimes you get you've had too much of the online chat rooms and the Facebook and and the watching TV and all of that stuff. And then you're just lost in your own thoughts and you, you can. Yeah. All you do is organize in your head. Wow. So you, you, so you can plan out, I mean, in your head, I mean, the, you know, your child's educational plan, <laughs> do the whole schedules, you know, map out, you know, the uh, to-do lists and task lists for everybody. <laughs> for everybody else to do. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it was a great excuse to boss my husband around with setting up the nursery and everything. No, 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 I can't move. You put this there. <laughs> with all that time to kind of let your mind wander, were you able to plan for what was going to happen when you brought your twins home? Because I know, again, not having any bed rest, but for me, my biggest stress was what am I going to do with these kids? Were you able to use resources and talk to people or was it was it more just like stressing out about it? I mean, for me, I knew my girls were going into the NICU right away. So I got to visit the NICU, got to see, and then we also decided that we were going to stay home a month together with the with the girls. That was ours. Yeah. And with mine, because it was home bed rest, home bed rest, home bed rest, and we thought we were going to progress all the way through that, and then at the at the very very end, boom! Guess what? You're you're coming in, and a few days later, boom! You're having the kids, and we were again only thirty two weeks long at that point. I hadn't really anticipated that much NICU time, so what I envisioned would be what it was going to be like right after the twins were born and having had a singleton pregnancy where after um, delivery things were fairly routine after that that's sort of what I had envisioned and um, so whatever planning I might have done in my head it's not what really happened anyways so I definitely spent a lot of time um, just researching things that I could do to keep them healthier in the meantime. I wouldn't say I did so much of planning for once they come other than the job stuff, as I mentioned. My husband also um, decided that was a good time to change companies. So he actually started a new job three weeks before they were born. So I think there was a lot of career stuff for both of us that was kind of occupying our time that we were trying to get ironed out before the, the twins got there. That's good. Yeah. Mental. I guess that's that's true. You can planning is is always good. (laughs) Um, You know, I was also wondering now um, we kind of talked about having friends coming over and and family. I mean, did you did you feel like you, you know, had good emotional support during that time? I wish I had had a lot more. I think if you have the resources, use them and don't be afraid to ask people because people can be too polite and um, everyone will offer help. But you need to say, please come over this week because people say, oh, let me know whenever you want me to come over. And you have to let them know because, again, it can be very, very isolating. And, you know, I saw my mom a couple of times a week. I saw my husband every day. But other than that, I didn't see people. And again, a lot of my friends had very busy schedules, but there were a couple of times where my friends who, after they had their babies, they were still on maternity leave. They took me to some of my appointments because it was so overwhelming for my mom 
to be doing all of that. They said, let's help out a little bit and give her a break. And so they were there, you know, they'd have to take a break from being with me taking an NST and they'd have to go breastfeed. And so we, you know, it was a little bit more of help, but, um, but use people as best you can and don't be afraid to be a little bit more vocal and um, you're not being impolite because people want to help, but you need to give them that open door to help. Mm -hmm. That's a great point because I I can imagine, you know, some people would say, well, I don't want to be intrusive. I don't want to be invasive. I mean, you know, maybe if you're not feeling so well, I don't want to come over and hang out too long. So that's great that you can tell them, no, I really do want you to come over. You make the appointment. Yeah. And have them come. That's some really great advice. Well, I'll just say, hey, thanks so much to everyone for joining us today. And for more information about uh, managing your bed rest with a twin pregnancy or for more information about any of our speakers and panelists, visit our episode page on our website. Now, this conversation continues for members of our Twin Talks Club. And after our show, our panelists will talk about their recommendations to someone who is going to go on bed rest. And is there any preparation? For more information about the Twin Talks Club, visit our website, twintalks.com. Do you have any uh, breastfeeding oops, some funny stories about nursing in public that you can share? So this is Shelly. Um, I have one particular example. So feeding twins out and about is is hard. And then having twins out and about, people stare. So um, one particular time we had we had stopped at a mall. We were going up to... Um, to visit some friends in LA and we had to stop and we wanted to get the kids changed and fed and ready before we got to where we were going. Um, so we went to a, a Nordstrom. They have a nice, or maybe it was a blooming, some nice department store because they have that big lounge area. So what I did is I had my husband stand outside with one of the babies because he can't go in the women's room. And then I took the other one inside. Well, a woman was walking in and she walked past my husband and I guess, oh, you know, what a cute baby, you know, etc. And then she walked in and saw me nursing the other baby on the chair and she literally did an actual double take looks at my husband (laughs) looks back at me looks at the baby she goes oh my gosh they must be twins (laughs) and of course the baby who was nursing it was like peak distractible point unlatches and turns to stare at her so now I'm like completely exposed and leaking milk and my baby is staring at her and she looks at me and she says oh he must be done should I get the other one Thinking, no, he's not done, and now now you've lo- we've lost him completely. I couldn't get him back at all, and 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 so I'm like, well, I guess so. And I start to try to pull up my shirt, and then she starts talking to to me. What's it like to have twins? Are they identical? They look the Aww. same. They must be. And I'm sitting here like half exposed with the baby who's not done eating, and my husband waiting out in there. And it was just like, oh my goodness, are you kidding? <laughs> now that's so interesting that she was volunteering to help. I mean, <laughs> I got that a lot actually when nursing, especially people seem to think that you need an extra hand, and and I mean I appreciate it really I do. Um, I had more strangers offer to hold my children than I really knew what to do with. Wow. Um, I guess people see you holding two babies and they think immediately that you must need some sort of help, and it's like, well, well, thank you, but um, I don't know you, you know, and, and I'm half naked, so I'm actually just gonna take my baby, and, and if you could leave, that would be great. Wow. Well, that wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Twin Talks. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals, for expecting parents, and our show, The Boob Group, for moms who breastfeed their babies, and Parent Savers, your parenting resource on the go. This is Twin Talks Parenting Times 2. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode 
are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.